everyone. Welcome to the Mouse and More podcast. This is Tony, and tonight I am joined by an all-male co-hosting crew of Adam and Mark. How's it going, guys? Good. How you doing, Tony? Doing all right. Hello. Yes, Adam, you are with us. I am here. We woke you up. I am not in a multiverse. I'm not in the wrong universe. As far as you know. As far as I know, I might. Am I Adam (laughs) or am I uh, Sinister Adam? Am I? What was the other one? I I think you're the Adam from uh, Earth 838. The Illuminati Adam. We'll find who. We will find out. The thought of a multiverse full of Adams kind of scares me. It is. It's kind of frightening. (laughs) It is. It is. But uh, that's what we're here to talk about today, speaking of multiverses, and that is Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. This is the second starring vehicle for Doctor Strange, played by Benedict Cumberbatch. And uh, there will be some spoilers, but we're well past the two-week point, so I think it's okay to talk about uh, things that happened in the movie. So uh, let's just uh, jump right into it. Uh, We've got Mark here tonight. Uh, He's an occasional co-host. I'm sure he's already spoken about this on his other podcast, The Geek Hangout. Yes, and uh, Mark, what were your thoughts on Doctor Strange? I liked it. I mean, I, I can say that it wasn't it wasn't what I was expecting, but I, I don't really know what I was expecting. I, I just know this wasn't quite it. <laughs> um, that's not to say I didn't like it. I, I really liked the I, I really liked the film. I just it just was very different than what I anticipated. You know. Okay. Yeah, there there were a lot of chatter, a lot of rumors beforehand that you know Marvel was taking it down a horror route. Um, the original director, and I forget who the original director was, but he had a, um, a very heavy horror background and the ultimate director, you know, I, I think did a good job of, of giving us a, a mix of horror, um, and not necessarily gore, you know, there was right. some implied gore, there were some gross moments, um, but there were, I felt more like jump out of your seat, you know, spill your popcorn type of moments. Yeah. So it it wasn't like a uh, like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre or a Phantasm type of movie, but still definitely not the lighthearted fare that we're used to with, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy and Thor. Right. Um, Agreed. There were some funny moments, uh, but there was definitely a darker tone to the entire movie. And that makes sense. You know, for those of you who have not seen it, um, it involves the Scarlet Witch, also known as Wanda Maximoff. And uh, the multiverses, which seem to be a new – I don't know if it's the plot line du jour because DC is now experimenting with multiverses. A couple of other non-comic-themed movies movies have multiverse themes in them this year. Uh, so it, it's kind of what everybody's going to. But this is something – and Mark, I know you've read comic books in the past. I, I don't believe Adam is a big comic book guy, but the multiverses have been around for a long time. Uh, right, right. In, you know, in the DC universe, it's Earth Prime, Earth One, Earth Two, Earth X. There's all sorts of Earths. Uh, in the Marvel universe, each different multiverse has a number. We happen to live on Earth 616, and there are multiple Earths throughout the universe, the multiverse. Yeah. And, and it and it yeah, does but, get confusing. Yeah, and multiverse is sort of a staple of comic books. That's been it's been around. Like I think I started reading comic books in the, in the 80s when the Crisis on Infinite Earths in DC was taking place. So that's kind of that was like right from the start. I was I was in the middle of multiverse stuff. Right. Right. Well, the nice thing about Christ, the Crisis on Infinite Earths was it combined all of the multiverses into one one universe and got rid of all the multiverses, at least right. for DC. So Adam, what you've seen it, uh, and and what did you think? When it was over, I liked it a lot. 
And as it was happening, I liked it a lot because there was a lot of there were some surprises that I wasn't expect or didn't know about. But then, like, as the days went on and I talked to friends of mine, the more I was like, you know, there was a lot of things that didn't make much sense. And sometimes these movies, they do that. I don't know if it's because they want to, like, cut corners or if they don't have enough time to explain everything. There was a, there were some gaps and there were some things that I feel like they should have, you know, maybe cleared the air a little bit. But it's hard to do that in a two hour and 20 minute movie. It is very hard to put an entire comic arc, you know, which is multiple issues and, and tie storylines together and sum it up nicely. We're, we're not going to get another Avengers, you know, three plus hours of Doctor Strange, but there are always holes in every comic book movie. And I think you've just got to go into it knowing that there are going to be some issues. Personally, I enjoyed it. But then again, I'm, you know, I'm the a, a big, you know, comic nerd, Marvel nerd. I, I love almost everything the Marvel Universe has thrown at us so far. I'm just not too keen on the multiverse for me is starting, you know, after three films, TV shows that have had them now to, to wear a little thin on me. I love the multiverse concept in uh, Loki. I loved it in Spider-Man. And now Doctor Strange kind of ties them together because we finally have someone that can travel between multiverses. Uh, and that was a new her hero who was introduced in this movie. And that is America Chavez. Uh, she is a young, young Latina. Uh, she was supposed to have a larger role in Spider-Man and be. Oh, the, really? I didn't, I didn't know that. She was originally Spider-Man was supposed to be released after Dr. Strange. And she was already, uh, she would have already been introduced, and at the end of Doctor Strange, she becomes a apprentice sorcerer. Uh, and by the time Spider-Man rolls around, it was her who was, you know, grabbing other Spider-Men from the multiverse. Uh, because of COVID and movie release date changes, that ended up going to Ned. Ned got the sling ring, and and he was able to do some some of the wizardy stuff that uh, America actually would have done, uh, which is, oh. if you would watch the red, you know, I watched the red carpet event and. They were introducing her on the red carpet. You know, here's America Chavez, you know, uh, Zach, Zach Gomez is, is her name. I'm murdering the pronunciation of her first name. Um, but she was on the red carpet and it's like, well, why is she there? Because she's not in the movie. Come to find out all of her scenes were cut out. So um, interesting. I didn't know yeah. that. But but I think the, the, the big highlight of this movie for me was Earth 838. And that is the Illuminati. And finally getting to see Reed Richards in the form of John Krasinski. That's kind of been rumored uh, since the WandaVision series. The big rumor every week was, well, this is the week that Reed Richards shows up. And it never happened, but uh, we finally got to see him. Uh, and, and I'm hoping that he becomes the the Earth 616 Reed Richards as well. You know, they're, they're kind of using his likeness in the comic books as well. He's got a very John Krasinski look to him. So I, I hope that's, that's where it's going to go. It's funny how in this movie... Every multiverse counterpart looked like that person. You know, every Doctor Strange looked yeah. like Doctor Strange. Every, you know, uh, Charles Xavier looked like Charles Xavier. But in Loki on Disney Plus, when we saw Lokis from other multiverses, they were different races, colors, species. Uh, you know, we we have an alligator Loki. So so not a lot of consistency there. Um, and same thing with the uh, Spider-Mans too. Right. We've got exactly. different Spider-Mans. The Spider-Man thing is kind of obvious because they made two other sets of Spider-Mans before this, so they kind of like didn't have a choice. <laughs> the Loki thing, I don't know. Maybe it's because he's like a god of mischief and he's like a he's mischievous and 
you know, he's a little different than all these other characters. That That's something that they could certainly do. Even Captain Marvel. We've had Brie Larson as our main Captain Marvel. But then in this movie, they had Monica Rambeau, right? Uh, or Maria. Uh, yeah. No, see, that's a completely different character. That is Marvel, who is not Captain Marvel. You don't think it was Captain Marvel? It's kind of a derivative. Similar mm. powers. Different. What does Wikipedia say? Costumes. Wikipedia says Captain Marvel. What does IMDb say? It identifies her as as Captain Marvel. But Captain like, Marvel. Yeah, like Captain Marvel has this crazy lineage, right? Like uh, I think that's what Tony's referring to. It's like like originally it was a DC character, right? And then it became, or originally it was a it was like an independent character, and then it became a DC character, and then it became a Marvel character. It's 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 like this crazy limited lineage, right? Yeah, there's a whole history to Captain Marvel, and you know there are there's a there's a male version, there's the Carol Danvers version, there's the Maria Rambeau version. In my opinion, so they had two different Captain Marvels. So I don't like we don't know what the rules are with this, which is fine. I don't I don't I don't know if we need to really know that. I want to start off with a problem that I had, and this is just me being an old man at this point. They spoil yeah. too much stuff in the trailer, so. They had the in one of the trailers in the, where they had a Strange walking into the Illuminati room. You hear the Patrick Stewart voice. They didn't need to do that. They didn't need to say say his voice. You also had some preview scenes of the fight with Captain Carter and Captain Marvel and Wanda. And there's a point where you can see the shield of Captain Carter, and you can tell that it's a Captain Marvel type. We don't know which Captain Marvel, but it's a Captain Marvel type person. That's flying around. And then like three days before the movie came out, they had the premiere and on the red carpet, they had Patrick Stewart and Haley Atwell, Professor X and and Captain Carver. So like you knew they were in the movie at that point. Like, I mean, I know for movie premieres are kind of like important, but they shouldn't have been there. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, I I do agree with that. I I don't always see that with Marvel movies, but I do feel kind of feel like this one or they. I think they, they showed too much. Little, a, a little too much in the trailers. I agree with that. There was some cheering when Reed Richards came, and that was a surprise for me. But there was yeah. no there was no applause for Professor X, Captain Carter, because we all knew they were in the movie. So it was just like there was no reveal. It was they were just there, and it, I think it would have been much better as an experience if they didn't spoil them. And yeah, I agree with that. I was surprised to see Krasinski there. I mean, I know like Tony said, he's been fan casted forever to be Reed Richards, but I'll be honest. I feel like he didn't do a good job. <laughs> I almost feel like they didn't, when they were acting, they weren't in the same room together. He just kind of like read off of like, like a teleprompter or something. And he really, maybe it's because I'm just so used to him being Jim from the office, the quirky, you know, paper salesman. And now, now he's got to be the smartest guy in the universe, but it's just one, one of the smartest guys in the universe, Adam. I feel like he like mailed it in. He didn't seem like he really, I think he wants to be there. I think, you know, rumor is he wants to direct the fantastic four movie now because the guy that was going to direct it is not going to direct it anymore. So I think he wants to do it. It just, I feel like, like I said, I almost feel like none of them were in the room together and they just kind of did it on their own. I do think, and I had heard something this week, uh, we knew, we knew that there had been some, one of the reasons it was delayed, I think was that there had been some, some reshoots. I had heard somebody speculate that that whole, that whole Illuminati scene may have been one of the scenes that was, may have been added during the reshoot process. I, I don't know if that's true or not, but 
I, I could see that if that were the case. I, I'd, I'd be like, yeah, that that's that sort of makes sense. I do have like Tony. What do you think it all means? Like, I mean, it, I mean, I know this is like we're talking multi multiverse and everything, but like, so what does it mean that we had the the Illuminati in this for the future of the MCU? That that's kind of where I'm at. Does it, I mean, you know, does John Krasinski like is this the you know because we had Pr- Professor X? Does does this give us you know is this a path to the X Men in the in the M? Or what do you think? Well, it definitely brings the mutants in because we had Anson Mount reprise his role as Black Bolt from the Inhumans. So the mutant aspect is there. We know that Professor Xavier has led the X-Men, but of course that was Earth 838. So we we don't currently have a Charles Xavier on Earth 616, at least publicly. We, We don't know of one. Uh, but I'm I'm assuming I'm assuming that we're going to see one very shortly. You know that there was some rumor at the end of Endgame uh, that the snap that brought everybody back also generated uh, a wave of energy that activated the mutant gene uh, in a bunch of people, and and that okay. becomes the birth of the X-Men. Uh, so okay. we don't know if that is going to come to fruition or if if you know that's just a rumor. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to be very close to the X-Men. They, they've got to announce them. Uh, one of the big rumors for Doctor Strange was that we were going to see we were going to see Daniel Radcliffe uh, debut as Wolverine, and that didn't happen. So we know that what? Wolverine— What? Yeah. I, that one I didn't hear. <laughs> uh, it, was, it, was, uh, it was him or the guy who played Elton John. Uh, the guy from the Kingsman movies. Yeah, um, I can't imagine Daniel Radcliffe. Disney going after all the— <laughs> Harry Potter actors for their movies, like right. the guy uh, for the um, in Star Wars, and then of course Hermione, Emma Watson as Belle. Wow, they would pull Daniel Radcliffe too. That'd be funny. <laughs> I could see that, you know, like it's it's not something I would have been like, oh yeah, he's he's the perfect X Men or he's perfect Wolverine. But like, y- you know, if I could see it, you know. Yeah, I mean anybody can get buff enough. I mean if uh, right, right. You know, if if we gave Adam a high protein diet and a workout routine, I'm sure he could play <laughs> Wolverine if he needed to. Uh, now the only thing now that's Illuminati, they're all dead. So does it really do, well, do they continue? The eight one eight Illuminati are dead. We yeah, just, well, you have to assume there's another Illuminati out there. You you in a different universe or in our universe? In a, in a different universe. Okay, all right. Or they may be um, in our universe, but it, I don't know. I don't know. Now, another thing that is questionable is the inclusion of the um, Ultron, like, uh, you know, robots, for lack of a better term. Now, the theory I heard was that since those Ultron robots were um, under control by whoever, we don't know. But since they were under control, that would mean that there is no vision in that universe because vision is derived from Ultron and is... Like I guess sentient. I think that's the word I'm looking for. It is it, right. Is it yeah. ultra or vision is its own living, you know, thing apart from right. that. And so if those Ultron robots exist in that way, then a vision would not have existed, which kind of makes sense because we didn't see vision when when they were looking at Wanda in the house in that universe. So where did those kids come from? We don't know. Well, I, I think the kids might only have existed in our universe on Earth 616. And let me just step well, back. Well, the kids and mention, are in 838, too. Well, 
right? They, yeah, yeah, they are in multi. They are in multiple universes. I mean, they're in all those universes. That's why she was trying to find them, but it turns out that they were all okay. Which she, you know, Wanda six one six did not understand that. Did not get. And let me just take a step back. So, the robots, I believe, were a combination of both Ultron and the Iron Legion, uh, which Iron Man, which I, which is what Ultron was derived from in the second Avengers movie. The Iron Legion were all automated Tony Stark Iron Man costumes, yeah. and then Iron Man became a derivative of one of those. Um, so they're kind of a cross between Iron Man and the Iron, I'm um, sorry, between the Iron Legion robots and the Ultrabots. It's very tough to think about Wanda in this movie, and I'm going to switch streams here, as the villain. And my problem with a lot of movies these days is that they're not giving us a, a true villain. You know, it, it ends up being... It's a hero that's misguided. Yeah. It's, you know, in Endgame, we found out that, Than you know, we found out why Thanos did things. And you kind of felt sorry for him, you know? And here it's like Wanda's causing all this havoc across the multiverse. But why is she doing it? Because she's a mother who wants her children, you know, and, and she's looking for them. So she's bad, but there's a reason why. And she's not really bad. And we're just getting a lot of these villains that are... They're just bad enough to be considered a villain, but they always have a redeeming quality. Yeah. You know, even in Black Panther, you know, he ends up beating beating T'Challa, taking the taking the throne away from him, taking the mantle of the Black Panther. Well, but it's because his father was murdered. You know, and and there's always these these little outs of why they're not villains. I mean, when I was a kid growing up, you know, in 1977, Darth Vader was just the baddest guy there was. You knew right. the minute he walked into a room that you shuddered and he didn't have any redeeming qualities, you know, until like 2002 or 2005 when we find out, oh, he's the father of twins, you know, and uh, they made him out to be this, you know, Anakin Skywalker, nice guy. Oh, he just had a bad day on Mustafar and lost a couple of limbs. <laughs> so we're, we're getting these villains that aren't like these big, bad characters. And, and that's that's kind of what I want. You know, yeah. we, we we know that Mount Wundegore collapsed on Wanda, but just before everything collapsed, we saw a little red, like, poof. So we don't know if she was crushed. You know, we assume she was crushed, but where did she go? Yeah. You know, she's this, obviously going to be back. Yeah, and this was one of the, like, when I said earlier, it wasn't what I was expecting. This is one of the things that kind of threw me. I did not think they really leaned into her being the villain of this film, which would really not expecting. And I know, like, I, I knew all the trailers that sort of hinted at it, but I was really ex not expecting her to be the villain. Do you know what I'm saying? Like the, right. Like I, I thought there was going to be some evil qualities there, you know, some, you know, whatever. But like, I, I did not really think that they were going to make her the, like the actual villain of the film. So that's what, that's one of the things that kind of threw me. And it, particularly after WandaVision. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, cause it's, it's sort of a, almost like, I, and I guess it makes sense in the long, it, because in WandaVision, she gets a hold of the dark hold. The dark hold is what leads us to Dr. Strange, right? Like, I guess right. like, like it's there. It was sort of a culture shock because at the end of WandaVision, you're sort of like, oh, like I, for me, I loved WandaVision. I, I, I thought that show was great. 
And I had more interest in the Wanda Maximoff character than I've ever had before. I thought they did a really nice job with her. And I was, you know, at the end of that show, I was like, man, I want to, I wanted to get the kids back. I wanted to get, you know, white vision back and, you know, be a family, the whole thing. Right. Like her her life is, I was going to say her, her life is so serene. She's doing yoga. She's studying the mystic arts. You know, she's got this little (laughs) apple orchard going on. Right. But it was just, yeah, it was really, to me, that was one of the surprises of this film, one of the things I wasn't expecting. I really, for my part, I was sure that we were going to get Kang in this movie. And that's, mm-hmm. like, I that I was absolutely convinced Kang was going to show up. He was going to at least begin the journey of being the next big bad that they have to defeat, you know? Right years down the road and that's that's the other thing that really kind of threw me in this film. right like yeah you know we we saw in the trailers that there's a bad wanda and you know it it was almost like you were waiting for the classic comic book misdirect right exactly you know, and that's always what happens is oh it was it was wanda but she was under the mind control of you know so and so and oh she's better now you know she becomes yeah. the hero in the end but that's really not what happened. I, it was like it's like the in the trailer for the last Star Wars movie. What's the, the Rise of Skywalker when you saw Dark Ray, right? Mm-hmm. You know where, where it was like I literally Dark Ray was in the movie for like three seconds, right? <laughs> I right. never saw her again. That's kind of what I was expecting here. It's like oh, it's just they're just trying to direct you in that way, but like the big bad is is going to be revealed later. That's that's what mm-hmm. I that. Expecting. Yeah, def- definitely a lot of a lot of surprises and uh, twists and turns that that weren't expected. Uh, so Adam, let's let's touch on what you said earlier, and that was that you felt there were a lot of holes in the plot. For one, wa- where was Wanda in the beginning? They end WandaVision with her in a cabin on a mountainside, and she hears the screams of her kids. So it sounds like the kids are there's something wrong with them, or they're, they're in trouble, and then. During this movie, you never see the kids in trouble. They're all every time she you look in their little red ball things that she's looking through the dark hold, they're all having fun and they're happy. What happened to like the kids that were that were looking for their mother, you know? Well, she was she was obviously looking into a different multiverse because she could see them. Right? So she's trying mm-hmm. to get back to them. I thought it was a nice bit of continuity that the same boys who played in WandaVision were her kids in the movie. The end of the movie, I believe she was at the the base of Mount Wondagore. You think Mystic... you mean the end of the show? The end of the show. Yes. What did I say? Movie. Well, no, but she didn't know about Wondagore in the show at the end. She only found out about it because of Wong told her. True, but I think that's where she was. She was in the shadow of Mount Wondagore, which is a uh, mystic area, which is where the dark hold is. But she wouldn't know, but she wouldn't. She didn't know that at the end of WandaVision. No, she didn't. And then, more importantly. At the beginning now of Doctor Strange, she is in this orchard field with a nice house, but it turns out that's not real, and it's like she's in this like fiery furnace, almost like hell. Like where is that? Well, and how come like I've, nobody like said anything? Does does any world government have a problem with a woman, you know, with a headpiece on in a <laughs> in a field where everything's burning? Like like what's going on here? <laughs> Okay, so I'll say this. I don't think this movie did a great job of explaining about the dark hole. I like I think there were 
hints about how powerful the Darkhold were, but I don't think they ever like really explained it well to non-comic book people. You know what I'm saying? And um, so I think what you saw, all that burning and everything, is the influence of the Darkhold in that area. My interpretation is that she was covering it up sort of like she covered it up in the hex in WandaVision, right? Yeah. So she was just like that area. That's my interpretation is that area was sort of a hex area and it was covered up. But all that devastation was because of the dark hole. That's what I think. Now, Hmm. Tony, what do you what's your take on that? That's a uh, that's a darn good take on it. You know, the, the Darkhold is a bunch of spells written by a demon. Uh, it's supposed to be the, uh, you know, most powerful black magic in the Marvel Universe. Definitely something that, well, I was going to say Doctor Strange as the Sorcerer Supreme, but we all know that that's Wong. That Wong would definitely want to keep out of the hands of anyone, especially someone as powerful as the Scarlet Witch, who, uh, you know, surprisingly is probably one of the top three heroes in terms of power in in the marvel universe she gets the dark hold from agatha she did get right. the dark hold from agatha. uh how agatha got it i don't know if we know how she got it but you know there's really nothing they can do i mean, they do destroy it that the person runs up and destroys it in one of the most gruesome parts of the whole movie but you know she's able to like then read it from the walls like we said of that of that mountaintop i just feel like like yeah i guess you know they didn't really explain it much of it which yeah doesn't although we find out that there's dark holes in every universe which was surprising and uh and even sometimes dr strange holds on to it in the other universe that we found out later and this is what I like because after after i saw the movie this is why i'm saying i don't think they did a great job of explaining the Darkhold, uh, w- w- the the influence the Darkhold had. I read afterwards in some reviews and things like that. So, and this may all be speculation or retconning or whatever you want to call it. What I read was that the Darkhold corrupts everyone who uses it. Right. So, in Wandavision, we see. You know, you were saying we we don't know how Agatha gets the Darkhold, but we see the the effect it has on her because like remember that scene in wandavision where they're about to burn agatha at the stake or whatever they were trying to do and agatha ends up killing all the other witches and that's because agatha had used the dark hold she's now been corrupted and she's really powerful right yeah and she's so sucked how the she, power out of them basically exactly so that's yeah. how she, that's how the that was the impact of the dark hold on her right at the end of WandaVision, we start to see how the Darkhold is affecting Wanda. And then at the beginning of this movie, and when the she reveals in the, the orchard all the devastation, we see that the Darkhold has corrupted her, right? Yeah. And then at the end of Doctor Strange, when at least this person's take was, when you see Doctor Strange with the third eye, that's a suggestion that he, because he used the Darkhold at one point, and that he is now corrupted by the Dark, in some fashion, corrupted by the dark i don't know if that's all retconning or whatever but i was like okay that plausible explanation for how this thing all all worked you know i just don't think they if that's what they intended i don't think they explained it well do you know what i'm saying now see i I thought that the third eye was taking the place of some of the eye of agamotto which in the uh, avengers infinity uh infinity war and endgame the eye of agamotto held the time stone but that's that's a big part of the Doctor Strange, you know, lore in the comic books. Uh, and once the Time Stone came out, 
the eye of Agamotto is is somewhat useless, even though he wears it in Spider-Man. But I thought that the third eye represents some more of the mystic uh, powers that were normally going to be held through the eye of Agamotto. Now, this is, might be our geekiest episode yet. Now, the, the one thing that I noticed with the Darkhold as Scarlet Witch became corrupt, uh, more corrupt, is that her fingers began to turn black. Yeah. And the same thing happened to Agatha in WandaVision. And I did not notice if it happened to any of the Doctor Strange's, uh, you know, any of the variants that we saw in the movie. But it would definitely be interesting. Uh, I'm going to see it again this weekend. So I'm definitely going to keep my eye on Doctor Strange's hands uh, and fingers to see if any of them uh, are blackening. It did in the Illuminati 838 universe when he's kneeling and, you know, with the other Illuminati members before they kill him. And right after he's after they've killed Thanos, you can see his fingers are black. Right, the one that the, yeah, the one that Black Bolt kills. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But like yeah, but I I don't know, but it, that's a good, and that's one of the reasons I want to see it again too, Tony, is to see okay what because Doctor Strange does use it, so what does it because he used it, what does it do to him if anything? I guess that's the question. I guess we gotta wait this, for that. Right. And this person I was or the review I was reading or the person that whose takes on it, what I was reading was that because at the very end of the movie, he's he kind of he's walking down the street and kind of out in pain when that eye opens. That might be an effect of of using the dark. That's what that was. This person's now, now I know in the in the comics, that's kind of a thing that he he just has. Right. It's right. Pops up at some point. But this might be an MCU explanation for it you know so we know that the mcu often varies you know slightly from from comic book canon uh so time will tell here we go adam time will tell again uh time will tell what happens with uh, dr strange and his third eye they said at the end of the movie the dr strange will return they did not say that wanda would i think wanda will return because she's a very popular character i just don't think they wanted to say that so that they we can think that she died at the end but she really didn't. <laughs> I think that's just them trying to like, you know, do, uh, you know, dupe us into thinking that, that she is dead. Yeah. And if the MCU has taught us nothing else, it's taught us that if you don't see the body, <laughs> <laughs> right. And some, sometimes even if you do see the body, right. <laughs> uh, I think the big telling point for Wanda will be what is Elizabeth Olsen's contract? Uh, you know, how many pictures is right. she signed for? Yeah, so I saw I, a story that she's got seven, a seven year contract, which then I saw something else say, well, when they do these contracts, they don't do them by years. They do them by appearances. So that really wouldn't make any sense. If I, I would think she would want to <laughs> return. Uh, there is an Agatha. There's supposed to be an Agatha show coming out. Not sure when that oh, takes place. True. If that's a, you know, pre WandaVision or or post WandaVision. If it's post, you would think that maybe Wanda would show up in that. Yeah, or following to- Tony's idea, it'll be a prequel, and then we'll end up feeling sorry for her. Yes. <laughs> or, it, you know, as as funny as this sounds, uh, Agatha's show could introduce the Fantastic Four because she eventually becomes their nanny for uh, Franklin. So how great would it be if we get a six or seven episode Agatha series uh, and at the very end of the series, she walks into the Baxter building to apply for the nanny position. Oh, is that true? I didn't know that. Yeah. In the in the 70s, she was uh, she was his nanny. Oh, that's interesting. That would be cool. 
Yeah. Like, who would have thought rich kids, they need a nanny? I guess they do, huh? Well, when your parents are off in space or in some pocket right. dimension. That's true. They wouldn't use one of the Ultron robots to be the uh, – No, you don't trust your child kids? to a robot unless it's Herbie. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> one of the better parts for me was towards the end when it's Doctor Strange and Sinister Strange, I believe his name was, and they were fighting using musical notes. Uh, that was something yeah. I don't think I've ever seen before, and uh, that was a really, really genius way to use magic to, you know, fight with your counterpart, who's the same person, essentially. And, you know, they just basically created different music and were throwing them at each other. Uh, that was uh, something I was not expecting, and uh, that was really, really well done. I, yeah, I, I like different. that. Yeah. Yeah. Very imaginative. And speaking of music, this film was scored by Danny Elfman. Uh, who has done a number, um, a number of superhero slash fantasy uh, films before? He's often uh, associated with Tim Burton, uh, and did the soundtrack for the first Batman uh, film. So I I enjoyed uh, the score. You know, I, I thought the music was great, and and that scene was really I don't know I I thought it was inventive. Normally we see somebody fighting themselves and it's, uh, you know, it's just you can go punch for punch because you're fighting somebody of the same strength. But to turn it into a musical battle, I, I thought was pretty ingenious. I thought that was okay. clever. Yeah. I'm sorry, Mark. When when now when Strange goes to uh, Dreamwalk using the <laughs> corpse of the other Strange, which the one with the ponytail and using the demons of the i guess that come out of the dark hold I, I think that's how that works as a flying contraption to <laughs> get across the the ravine to get to the other side of the mountain i thought that was really uh that was different and that was um it was a little quirky it was a little like cartoonish but i guess it is a comic book movie after all so they gotta you know have a little bit of um fun with that kind of stuff. That was unexpected. I am also happy that Wong did not die because there were a couple times where he was falling down a cliff or he was getting roasted by Wanda and he stayed alive. And I'm glad he did because I like him as a character. I'm glad he's he's not going anywhere. Yeah, I was a little worried about Wong. I was afraid he was. Wong has become very integral to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Between Shang-Chi and, you know, Doctor Strange, he's going to be appearing in uh, She-Hulk uh, on oh, Disney+. Yeah. Plus. He is. Uh, that has been announced. He will be in one of the nine, at least one of the nine episodes. Uh, okay. So he has a part there. You know, he's he's become very, uh, very important. Uh, and he is, as we know now, during the blip, uh, he assumed the mantle of the Sorcerer, of the Sorcerer Supreme on our Earth. So uh, very, very big things. Uh, things are looking up for uh, for Wong. Now, we didn't we didn't really talk too much about America Chavez. They're doing now these series where they're introducing newer characters, which is very nice because it's nice to have a backstory on people that you don't really know. It just I, I don't know. It was hard to get connected to her for being somebody that was just thrust into this movie so quickly. Yeah, I think, like I said, you know, initially we were supposed to see her in Spider-Man, so we would have already gotten an introduction to her. So it does kind of seem like she was just dropped in. You know, she was just kind of like thrust upon us. It might um, have been better because uh, I know they switched it because they changed the order. It might have been better because she's, you know, the Spider-Man age, age of Spider-Man and, and MJ. 
and now she's like with all the adults so i don't it didn't really i don't know i feel like it didn't really work well especially when they're talking about spider-man which was interesting so i guess that proves that spider-man existed and they know it's spider-man but they don't know about peter parker i guess because they, they don't know have talked like, about him right they know there is a spider-man but they don't know that it's peter parker that's the part that that's what the last spider-man movie established everybody yeah. forgets that it's peter parker Okay. The fun thing with uh, America Chavez and and what they're doing in in all of these Marvel MCU series on Disney Plus and in the movies with Wanda's kids, America Chavez, uh, the new Hawkeye, they're putting together the basis for what will become the Young Avengers, uh, which was a series from Marvel from uh, early 2000s, where they decided that they were going to get out new versions of, you know, younger versions of heroes. So America Chavez, obviously with the name America in her name, is kind of the Captain America of this young team. And then, of course, we have the young Hawkeye. So these young heroes, I'm assuming what's going to happen is this is going to lead up to a uh, some type of Young Avengers show on, Dis- on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, that's what I was just going to ask. Do you think that's going to be a film event or do you think it's going to be a Disney Plus event? I don't know that it's going to have the power to be a film. Right, right. You know, do I really want to watch America Chavez and Wiccan, you know, who is uh, one of Wanda's sons, uh, take on a bad guy? Not really. I don't, you know, I don't think the star power is going to be there. I, I think it's got a very nice Disney Plus, you know, limited series uh, ring to it. If they get Wanda's kids, they're going to have to pull them from somewhere else. They are. They'll they'll find a way you to know? do it. Like yeah. different, you know, because they a different universe or something. I mean, the rumor is well, that they are bringing this to Secret Wars. Is that the final ending that we think is going to happen? I will confess I'm unfamiliar with. I, I mean, I know what Secret Wars is, but I've never read any of the books. So I will let Tony because I'm sure he's read it. I think the Secret Wars, it's definitely not the big buildup for Phase 4, and we still don't know what the big buildup for Phase 4 is. You know, I think like Mark mentioned earlier, Kang is going to come into play. Um, we saw him at the end of the Loki uh, series on Disney+, Plus, uh, and he kind of exists throughout all time. So I, I think we're going to end up with him. I thought for sure he would appear in Moon Knight, at least back with the old Egyptians, uh, because there's an Egyptian version of Kang in the comic books. Isn't that his um, first appearance? He's an Egyptian. It it might be. It's it's definitely oh, it's, thousands of years ago. Yeah, yeah. So I I you know I think Secret Wars is is going to be big, but I don't I don't think that's what Phase Four is is going to lead up to. Phase Four might lead up to some God. I hope it's it's not some crazy multiverse hopping uh, adventure. I'm not, I don't want to say I'm done with uh, the multiverse, but uh, it gets confusing following following everything. And I do, I do agree. Like, I think Adam said it earlier. It's the rules that we've seen for the multiverse in the three things that we've seen it in so far, uh, Spider-Man, Loki, and Multiverse of Madness aren't the same, right? Right. Like, I mean, it, you know, it, it's, it's like they, it's like they don't even have a good grasp on how they're going to, like, I think all those movies have been interesting. It's just that the rules of the multiverse seem to be different in all three, right? Right, which which is surprising because usually Marvel's got such a you know a good a good grasp on everything across multiple movies and maintaining a consistent theme. I, I mean, I I think it like up to this point, and I I've liked all of the the movies we've gotten since 
Endgame, but I I do feel like they're more standalone. Do you know what I'm saying? Like like mm-hmm. I, I felt like the like in Phase One all the way. But if you go all the way back to Phase One, there was still sort of a progression to a goal, right? Right. That you could see even if it was like loose. This I feel like these move the the movies we've seen so far are very standalone. Like they don't really connect in any way. You know. I mean, Spider-Man obviously connects, connects to the multiverse of madness, but, you know, like Eternals is sort of its own thing. Shang-Chi was sort of its own thing. Eternals and Black Widow were like sort of prequel. Right. Black Widow semi movies own. on their own thing. Yeah. Which those movies probably should have came out earlier if they were going to do them. But yeah, I see what you're saying. There's not uh, we don't really know where they're going at, but I guess that's because. Right. I don't know. They're just trying to introduce new characters. There's a lot of new characters. I like new characters. I like a lot of people. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we don't know. We don't know who's like a villain either because you know Wanda was the villain in this, and like we don't really want her to be a villain. We don't think she will be. Like who's the big bad, as they call it? We don't right, know who right. we're getting at because in all the other movies, like they've kind of like dealt with the the villain already. Or if it even was a villain. Yeah, you know, I right, mean, like Eternals was another one, where, like what you were saying, where it's the villain wasn't really a villain; it was just a misguided hero, like kind of. Right. Like, you know, at, at least going back to Phase One, you know, or Phase One through Three, you know, we were teased with Thanos. You know, he was in the first Avengers movie, and then he showed up in other movies, and you know, it was his quest for the Time Stone or for the um, the Infinity Stones, and then you know, we ultimately, you know, got. The Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame, which was the big culmination of 20, what, 24, 25 movies. And and like Adam said, we we don't even have a defined defined big bad for this this phase four yet. We're now what? How many how many films? Uh, even though Black Widow is a prequel or Black Widow, Eternals, Shang-Chi, Spider-Man uh, and Doctor Strange. That's at least five films. Right. And we've TV, got and then TV shows in, in there, too. Right. Right. We've still got no idea who who. You know, who who our main villains going to be? I mean, at this point, I think our main villain is just the general viewing public who, you know, comes out and complains about things <laughs> uh, much, much like some of us are doing right now. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I think, you know, that's what makes these movies great is, you know, there's those who love them, those who who hate them. But it, it fosters some amount of discussion because you've got comic book purists who don't like the fact that they're changing, you know, ever so slightly storylines or characters and then you've got people who only know the marvel cinematic universe and and love it and uh you know it's it's a good time to be a comic book fan that's for sure yeah i mean i can for my part like i I usually recognize the character right when they're talking about but like we're getting deep enough into the marvel lore now where i'm really not familiar with a a lot of the characters they're 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 touching on like moon Knight. I, I knew nothing about moon Knight. You know, I kind of read, I read a few, once they announced the show was coming out, I read a few comic books just to kind of familiarize myself a little bit with him. But uh, otherwise I didn't know that character at all. So for me, I love that show. I just, and I know that there are some people that had problems with it, but I, I, because I was totally unfamiliar with the character, I thought it was great, you know, and I, right. I so I don't know if, if, if it diverged greatly from the comic books, I didn't really know it, you know, you know, but that's, that's kind of where I'm getting is like, they're, we're, they're getting deep enough into the Marvel lore now where I'm, I, you know, some of the stuff I'm just not familiar with at all, you know? Yeah. And, and I'm just, I'm afraid that at some point, you know, uh, and I've talked about this on, on other episodes of, of our podcast before, um, 
and that's at some point they're going to dig so deep for a hero that there's going to be no, you know, it's it's not going to be a, a a hit, you know, and whether that's Squirrel Girl or a Kazar or, or or somebody, you know, yeah. who's just this this C ring hero, um, and I, you know, honestly thought it was going to be Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Uh, that was going to be their first miss, and and every time they grab a hero. Uh, they seem to do they seem to do right with it. You know, they have a formula. They know what they're doing. You know, my next big thing is is Ms. Marvel, which is a Disney Plus show. I'm not sure how that's going to go, but I'm sure that people will latch onto it and it will you know, it will work its way into the folds of the MCU and, and everything will be just fine in the end. And that that's my sense of it is of that show. And I'm I'm, I'm going to sit down and watch it because I'm a comic book nerd and, and, you know, I love this stuff, so I'll, I'll watch it. But my sense of that show and, and I could be totally off base here, but that my sense is that that show is not for me. You know, the 50 year old guy who, you know, had like comics when he was a kid, like it's more for my kids. That's that. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's right. The target audience for that is them. It's not right. me. And that's and that's fine. Right. Like because Star Trek is sort of doing the same thing over on Paramount Plus. They're coming out with all these different shows. Some shows are for like the classic Star Trek fans. Some shows are for the next generation Star Trek fans. And some are for new fans who have no interest in any of that. You know. Right. And, um, and that's fine. Like, you know, it's you know, it's it's not all going to be for me. And I'm OK with that. You know, exactly. We can all just get along. Right. <laughs> we can all just get along in our own little corner of the multiverse. Right. <laughs> well, I don't I don't know about you guys, but I think we've uh, we've said a lot. We've talked a lot. And I'm not sure we have much more to discuss about Dr. Strange. You know, I, I still give it two thumbs up, you know, a little a little different than your mainstream Marvel movie. Graphic effects, uh, as with the first Dr. Strange movie, were amazing. Uh, the music was good. The storyline it could be a bit hard to follow for the non-comic book fan. You know, it's definitely worth, for me, a second C. And, uh, you know, that that's kind of the indication for me of how good a comic book movie is. If it brings me back to the theater to pay a second time, um, then it's a, then it's a winner. I, and I agree. I like I, I like this movie a lot. I, I mean, I came out of it. I had a great time with it. I thought it was it was fun. And um, is it one of my favorite Marvel movies? It's probably not. But but I thought it was good a, a good strong film you know agreed Adam your final thoughts it's definitely a rewatchable but it's it's not a perfect movie it's not like like I like I really like Captain America First Avenger I really like Infinity War those movies uh, even Civil War those movies like didn't have many plot holes they really you know had you on your edge of your seat from beginning to end. And this movie, it was exciting. Just it was like a little confusing. But I think that just because I'm, I don't have as much background in it as other, you know, people might. Right. Yeah, you, Tony. When you see it the second time, you have to, because I do want to see it again. I don't, I don't know when it's going to happen, but um, you have to let us know what your, what your thoughts are after you see that second time. I will. I will definitely do so. All right. So I think that brings this episode to a close. Uh, if you saw Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of the Madness, let us know what you thought down below in the comments. So I'd like to remind our listeners that, as always, our podcast is sponsored by Main Street More Travel, an authorized Disney vacation planner. You can check out their website, MainStreetMoreTravel.com, request a quote, and let Chris's team plan your family's next vacation. You can find Mark at the Geek Hangout, and you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search on the Mouse and More podcast. On behalf of Mark and Adam, this is Tony, and we are the Mouse and More Podcast. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night.